Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help overworked CPAs go down to 40 hours and then down to 25 hours without giving up revenue. My name is Geraldine Carter. Today, we are talking about niche sirens, the messages they're sending out, and how you can recognize them and choose to avoid them so you don't get washed up on the rocks. There's a lot of noise out there, some of which is worth listening to, But if you listen to certain messages and get lulled, you risk working harder than you need to for the revenue that you want to create. So today I want to give you four siren songs, four sirens that I hear CPAs sometimes getting lulled into believing so that you can recognize them more quickly and from a greater distance and steer clear of them. So here are those four sirens. The first one is a fancy siren. So fancy siren, she wants you to believe that you will do better in all ways if you niche inside something that's fancy or important sounding. There can be a tendency to sometimes want to niche into white collar, professional, physician, high net worth, because the CPA might think that that's where high paying clients are or because it sounds fancy or important. The trouble here is that if a CPA pursues a niche that sounds good on paper and sounds good in theory, but he doesn't genuinely enjoy it, he might find it hard to source the motivation, the curiosity, the genuine interest that's required to help clients they like get what they want. It feels forced. Plus, niching into the professions simply because of the potential status or the prestige, it might not work. And the risk is that it might feel hollow rather than fulfilling. It just might feel empty. What I'm not saying is that all people who niche into physicians or high net worth or professionals or white collar are doing it simply for the prestige. Not saying that at all. If you love it and you enjoy those clients, do it. If the CPA is doing it for feelings of prestige rather than genuine interest, they might find that it ends up feeling empty. The fancy siren might also try to make a convincing argument that it's not worth considering trades or blue collar businesses for similar but opposite reasons, status, prestige, and so on. I think business owners are business owners and we need everybody. And what I've seen time and again in working with CPAs and helping them find a niche that they love, that is enjoyable, it's nicely profitable, and they get to work a very sane week while making decent money, what I see time and again is that being with people you like, being with clients you like, who you enjoy, no matter who they are, is part of what makes niching such a great experience. And it's not just prestige and status that makes it compelling. The second siren is the money siren, sort of a kissing cousin of the fancy siren. They do share some DNA because money can buy fancy things like handbags and nice cars and trips and vacations and nice houses and so on. But the money siren sounds a little bit more like believing that in order for a niche to be a good niche, it has to have money because money makes it viable. And I could see how this reasoning might be true for other professionals who are niching, So for example, a computer programmer might not want to niche into authors, a copywriter might not want to niche into artists, a financial planner might not want to focus on college students, because it might be hard to make those niches pencil for those professions. But the CPA who already has a couple hundred clients with a mix of monthly recurring and some tax returns 
already sees what makes for a viable business and what doesn't. If those clients have viable or profitable businesses, they've already passed the money hurdle. So the money siren may apply for other professionals, sure, but as a CPA, if you're working with profitable business owners, you have passed. You've checked the does it pencil box. So that's the money siren. The third one is the right niche siren. The right niche siren wants you to believe that there is such a thing as the right niche, as if there's one single, one right niche for you and you have to keep looking forever and ever until you find it. And when you do, it's going to be like lightning bolt city and the heavens will part. But there is no single right niche. There's the niche journey that you go on and as you travel, you figure out how to make it right. You figure out how to make it right by listening to your clients talk about their problems, and most especially, you're listening for their complaints around time and money and stress and clarity, and focusing on creating value there. It's in you creating value that you figure out how to make your niche right for your clients, for your people. Your niche is a little bit about you, but it's a lot more about your people, about a specific group of people. And you figure out ways, you figuring out ways to help them get the best possible results that they want, the best outcomes for them in the least amount of time. Your niche is something you figure out how to make right. There is no single right niche. And the last one is the waste time siren. She goes on about how exploring will be a waste of time, that if you go explore a certain niche and it turns out it's not the right niche for you, she wants to lull you into believing that exploring is a waste of time. But she is wrong. Exploring one option at a time is exactly how you find your niche. I talked about this in the last episode, episode 268, how to start niching when your clients are all over the map and how to take exploring, researching, studying one single niche at a time in order to learn what is a great niche for you. And it might help you to know that people are in different places on their niche journey and it doesn't look like just one thing. So roughly 30% of the time I'll work with a CPA and they will arrive knowing right away where they want to niche or they will have already niched. They know it, they pick it or they've picked it They move in that direction and they're not looking back. That's only a third of the time. Another 30% of the time, they have a couple of ideas that they're considering, but they're not really sure. They're thinking maybe this, maybe that, maybe that, maybe this, but they don't really know. So they pick one, they explore it, and they come back two or six weeks later and they're like, Geraldine, I don't know what I was thinking. Those are so not my people. So then they pick the other option, They go explore. If that one doesn't feel right, they come back and then they pick the third option and then they go explore. And it's usually by process of elimination that they find the right one and they go down the trail. It feels right. They know it. They go in that direction and they never look back. 20% of the time, at the moment we start working together, sometimes people are so overwhelmed that they can't even think about picking a niche or have any clarity around it. In these cases, the first order of business is to get them out of overwhelm and down to a sane week, like 40, 45 hours a week, so they can at least have time to look at their business from afar. 
when they're working 60, 80, a bajillion hours a week, they're way too busy grinding to even have room in their minds to think about possible niches. And then 10% of the time, this is rare, but sometimes it happens, they will niche switch. They will go in one direction and they will overcommit well beyond where they have any viable evidence that this is a niche that might work. And then it won't work and they will conclude that, oh no, that's not the right niche. And they come back and they go to another niche and then they go left and then they go right and they change every four weeks, which isn't long enough to test the marketplace to figure out how to make a niche work. It's not uncommon for it to take three or sometimes six months before the niche traction really starts to take hold. And the person who doesn't want to explore for enough time in order to see and understand and listen and have the conversations risks niche switching. But even before this is staying caught at the intersection of indecision. Exploring a niche is not what wastes time because exploring a niche leads to clarity that either yes, it's definitely right, keep going, or no, it's definitely not right, turn around. Rather, it's not exploring, staying caught at the intersection of indecision or switching too frequently and too soon, where a CPA can stay and waste months or years or decades, not taking advantage of the opportunities that come up once they're further inside a niche. Now listen, I get it. Niching can be nerve-wracking because you want to do it well. You want to do it right. It feels risky. What if I turn away the revenue? It can feel really nerve-wracking, especially at the outset. These four sirens are going to be trying to pull you onto the rocks. So be on the lookout. And those four niche sirens, again, are fancy siren, money siren, right niche siren, and waste time siren. When you ignore these messages, you'll work with clients you genuinely enjoy and you get to be more authentic and the money comes more easily because you create value for clients you like and you stop fixating on the niche itself being right and you start fixating on the solutions to their money, time, stress, and clarity problems. And you know that there could be no better use of time than fixating on the solutions your clients need. Fancy money, right niche, and waste of time. When you ignore these messages and fixate on the solutions your clients are looking for, it's better for your clients, it's better for your accounting practice, and it's better for you and your life on your one trip through space. Have an amazing day, and I'll see you next week.